Welcome to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. This is Luke Stampini here with Blake Allerman of Swamp247.com. Going to discuss a busy Florida Gators recruiting weekend. And probably the pinnacle of the weekend was Saturday evening when the Florida Gators pulled off a little bit of a surprise commitment and they flipped four-star linebacker Derek Wingo from Penn State and got him to commit to the Florida Gators. Walk us through that recruitment a little bit, Blake, and and how was Florida able to pull this off? Well, this is actually one that started kind of trending towards Florida in the spring. Um, In this day and age, man, it's very uncommon for some of these guys to show up on a college campus and not and not be caught, man. Like, I mean, secret visits, they just don't happen anymore. But Florida was able to get this guy on campus a couple times. Uh, he committed to Penn State last December. Uh, I believe he popped up to a visit to Miami sometime earlier part in the year. And then shortly after that, it was kind of a, hey, Penn State doesn't want to take want me to take any visits. So started doing things behind the scenes. And that's where Florida kind of came in there. They got him on campus. Um, in the spring he was actually on campus on saturday the day he flipped which was a nice little nugget to find out kind of after the fact but uh you know yeah florida behind the scenes it kind of chipped away from that commitment to penn state uh christian robinson florida's linebackers coach had, had built a bond early and you know he kept kept plugging away and obviously things came to a head whenever he uh he made that move on saturday night yeah and early in his recruitment first of all he committed on christmas day to penn state We've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Those early commitments from prospects from the state of Florida, especially out of state when the in-state schools are, are still going to recruit them, just don't mean much to to me or you. And, you know, it was we'll see how this recruitment kind of shakes out type of thing. And like you said, Miami was able to get him on campus. And you sort of thought, well, maybe Miami is the team that maybe has the edge um, just because they were able to get him on campus, or maybe that was just the visit that we knew. And this spring, when we, when I stopped by the school and, and did an interview with him, like it was obvious that Florida was the team. If he was going to flip, it was going to be Florida. Like he just kind of lit up, and he talked about how much Christian Robinson had, had continued to recruit him and made him a huge priority. And you know, he he had been talking up Florida since even December. Uh, I remember at the, uh, the uh, what was it, the one of those all-star games, the junior all-star games that they have in the state of Florida, he was there. And the he Legends talked, Bowl. Yeah, the Legends game. Uh, he, he talked about Robinson kind of making him a priority and, and recruiting him. But absolutely, you hit the nail on the head. It's hard to get these secret visits in uh, without anyone knowing. And he kind of flew under the radar and didn't, I know James Franklin isn't a fan of his commitments up there at Penn State showing up on other campuses. And so Florida be able to get him in a couple times and get the ball moving. And we've talked about this as well. It was Florida. It was a, a positive event that Florida needed badly this offseason, an event in an offseason full of a lot of neg- negativity. Yeah, you know, this uh, heading into the dead period, you want to have some buzz, and Florida pretty much did that. You know, you obviously want to end up on a high note. Um, you know, the commitments we're going to continue to talk about on this podcast. You know, Florida landing three, leading all the way up to there. You know, obviously that's that's the kind of thing you want to have happen up the offseason, especially with kind of how a lot of these top targets in the state of Florida have gone out of state. You know, and now Florida kind of flipped one maybe their way and keep a guy like Derek Wingo from going out of state to Pennsylvania. 
And he's he's there at St. Thomas, St. Thomas Aquinas, a powerhouse school there in Fort Lauderdale, a, a school that you want to have a presence at, no doubt. They're consistently going to churn out elite prospects and, and having a guy like Wingo there. I know in the past he's he's talked about Trayvon Grimes and, you know, uh, even before that, Jordan Scarlett, guys from St. Thomas Aquinas that Florida's been able to get one way or the other. And, and so in having him there, I, I think it's a huge thing. Now he plays at linebacker. He's an inside linebacker, it, probably at Florida. Wasn't a huge position of need like these other commitments that we're going to talk about. But, you know, still they still needed a true inside guy after signing, uh, you know, several kind of outside backers, I guess, last year. Luca. Tons of commitments that are coming in for Florida. One guy, you, you mentioned that uh, Derek Wingo may not have been one of the guys that was a huge need of position-wise, but Florida did get a guy in Lamar Goods, the four-star defensive tackle out of Connecticut. Um, he was on campus at Florida two weekends ago for an official visit. He, at the time, was committed to Kentucky, visits Florida, says, I'm going home, I have a tough decision to make. A couple days, he decommits from Kentucky couple days after that on Friday things come to a head he, he makes that commitment to Florida it's a pretty big need for Florida right there what do, what do you think about this commitment yeah he's he's a good player too uh and, and like you said you know six foot four 290 pounds defensive tackle that's what Florida needed I know they have two guys right now on the commit list that are listed as defensive tackles one being Gervin Dexter the other being Johnny Brown and, and there's no doubt both those guys could be defensive tackles, but I also think there's a chance they could be strong side defensive ends, just given how athletic they are. So they could be swing prospects, but with goods, he, he's a legit all the way nose tackle, which, you know, Florida just haven't signed many of those type of prospects uh, the past two recruiting cycles. And then you have Malik Langham, one of the guys that they did sign as a strong side defensive uh, end slash defense tackle recently transferred. And I think he picked Vanderbilt. So Florida needs to sign a deep defensive tackle class, and I don't even think they're done, even with Gervin Dexter and Johnny Brown and, and Lamar Goods. And so getting that flip from from Kentucky, the second one this cycle that they flipped from Kentucky, because if uh, you remember, offensive lineman Gerald Mincy was once also committed to Kentucky. And so, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great start to the weekend for Florida. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, kind of going into this dead period when recruiting – slows it down a little bit there'll still be commitments but just the visits the the constant visits to campus will come to an end uh you know that that was a good take for the gators it I, you gotta start to feel sorry for kentucky because if you look over the years kentucky has scouted some really good guys some really good players and it's they get them in the fold they get them committed and then the bigger tier sec schools just come in and steal from them it's it's almost becoming kind of a yearly occurrence here that kentucky just kind of gets their lunch money taken by some of these bigger sec schools yeah and some of these programs it's you mentioned kentucky they definitely do a good job of their evaluations and getting on these kids early and getting them committed uh you know i think another school is nc state if you go back and look at nc state and uh, you know, that some of the prospects that they've had and, and have been flipped and stolen, uh, you know, they do a, a good job as well. So, you know, if I'm a, a recruiter and I get down to the end of the cycle and I'm kind of searching, you know, I think Kentucky's commit list is, is a, you know, a, a solid place to start. I think they do a good job of identifying talent. Uh, NC State is another one. Jabari Zaninga. Florida's probably best edge rusher right now was once committed to, to NC State. So, 
some of these schools do a very good job, but you know, in in the pecking order of college football, sometimes it's just tough to hang on hang on to these kids. You know, and I'm sure Florida's really glad to capitalize on a guy like that. Like you said, not a lot of one zero technique guys, and that was a. I've talked to him after the official visit. I mean, he's a big dude. Like this is a like a, a legitimate six four two ninety guy. So if you're gonna flip someone from somewhere, it needs to be someone who can be as big as him at least i would say the measuring stick is there <laughs> yeah and, and another commitment this weekend out of jacksonville florida defensive back Travez johnson what can you tell me about him blake seems like florida swooped in and and got that offer out and and kind of wrapped this one up rather quickly yeah this one was pretty pretty quickly moving he was on campus um, not this past week uh, this current weekend but the one before where florida had their seven on seven tournament he was there with his teammates um, he popped a, at the time was a timed 4-4-1 40-yard dash. Was it really a 4-4-1? I'm not sure. You know, I, I'm not a scout, but that's what was the claim time there. Um, he competed in the seven-on-seven tournament. He played a little nickel. He played a little uh, corner. He played some safety. Florida really liked that versatility he brought there. Um, I know uh, Ron English is pretty impressed with them. Dan Mullen uh, extended an offer uh, shortly after his team was eliminated in the seven-on-seven tournament. And after he left there, he, we did an interview with him. He said that, you know, I might come back next weekend. Well, obviously, that's kind of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a red flag there. You know, a guy gets an offer and it's coming back the next weekend and bringing some family with him. He came back on Saturday. He was there early that morning, got a chance to kind of do the photo shoot, spend time around Coach Mullen, Coach English, and, you know, a little bit of the coaching staff there. And, uh, yeah, you know, they got that one done. Uh, after he left, he announced his commitment there. You know, it was Florida was obviously the best offer there. It seemed like that one was a matter of time kind of thing. Um, you know, he'll come in and he'll be a, a star a nickelback for them. Uh, but he obviously brings that versatility to kind of move around. I think nickel is where you're going to see him at, if not some some sort of safety there. So, um, you know, they like that he can tackle. Um, you know, this was a guy that Ron English actually really liked and, you know, was kind of one he really pushed for, which is hence why things got done so quickly. Yeah, with Florida signing so many cornerbacks last cycle, there is a need at that safety and, and nickel spots. And they already have Rashad Torrance committed, uh, currently a three-star safety who I think could potentially move up the rankings and, and become a four-star after he missed his junior season due to transfer uh, there in Georgia. And adding Travez Johnson, it's going to add depth to the position. Florida needs depth. They need to sign a, a lot of prospects there. And they're not done at the position. They're still targeting other safeties, one being Ladarius, Ladarius Tennyson out of Rockledge. We've discussed him before. This past weekend, he was at Miami for their Paradise Camp. He plans to visit Auburn in July once the dead period comes to an end. And, and Blake, it kind of seems like those two teams were the schools that were in it, and then Florida offered in the spring, got him up on campus in June, and now it's probably a three-team race uh, for Ladarius Tennyson. Yeah, you know, but I would say of those three teams kind of following that offer from Florida, I, I would say that they have a lot of momentum in their corner. And I say that just because it, it kind of shot them up, the offer, the visit, things kind of moved quickly that to where, you know, Florida is kind of in the same uh, pecking order, so to say, with these top tier schools. From guys that I've kind of checked around with them, you know, it seems like Florida's trending where I think maybe Auburn might be the biggest competition of all the schools there. I, it seems like, you know, he's got some teammates there. He really likes their campus. So I, I would say Auburn, Auburn, Florida battle is my opinion of kind of where things are at right now. I know he was just at Miami. 
obviously they're in it somewhere there. But I think Auburn is probably the team to watch for now. But, uh, you know, a lot of people at Florida really like this guy. You know, he's he's like you've mentioned on I know we've talked about him on here before. This guy's a heat seeking missile. His film is fantastic. You know, I, I think he's a guy that could really fill in for them at safety. That's at five, nine, whatever, five, ten, whatever height measurements he has. I mean, this this dude can play football. Yeah, and he he mentioned that he wants to take some official visits before he takes uh, before he makes a commitment, and if he sticks to that that pattern, this recruitment will probably go into the fall, and, and so Florida just needs to kind of weather the storm of that late July visit to Auburn that he's planning right now. But even beyond that, Gus Malzahn is on the hot seat at Auburn, so even an early commitment to Auburn doesn't necessarily mean. Uh, he's done deal to the Tigers if Gus and the staff can't get it done up there and, and there's turnover. Once there's uh, coaching turnover, who who knows what's going to happen with these recruitments. So Florida just needs to continue chipping away. They have the proximity to home. It'd be nice to get them back up on campus one last time before the, uh, the fall season starts. I'm kind of checking out that Friday Night Lights, the 26th, the day before he's supposed to be at Auburn, see if Florida can sneak him in on campus that weekend and kind of go from there. You know, they, they got into the picture. Now they got to keep chipping away and, and kind of close the deal. Another recruitment, uh, another safety that the Florida Gators are after is Avante Williams, currently committed to Oregon. He's another prospect that visited Miami this past weekend. Miami, Georgia, and Florida are all trying to chip, uh, flip him from Oregon. In my opinion, I don't see him sticking to Oregon. Uh, He's saying the right things right now. I just don't completely buy that Oregon's going to keep him in the fold. What's your feeling there with Avante Williams out of DeLand, Florida, four-star safety? The hardest thing right now for me to gauge there is where he will flip because there's just no way this guy is going to Oregon. He's gotten one total visit. This guy has visited Georgia. He's visited, I believe, Miami and uh, Florida all more than he's visited Oregon ever. Not only on top of the offseason, uh, just ever. You know, this guy has been to Oregon one time. I just don't see that commitment sticking. I think that Georgia's probably the team to watch for now. I know they've gotten him on campus a couple times now, I believe twice this year. Um, Georgia's obviously got the hot hand on the recruiting trail, you know, it's hard to beat those guys on the recruiting trail. And I just think right now they have a little bit of mojo in their corner. It just kind of seems that Florida early on this year, you get them on campus twice for two different junior days. There's kind of some buzz there. And it just kind of seems like things really kind of, kind of just fell off the face of the earth there. You know, he doesn't come back. He pops up at Miami, he pops up at Georgia. It just kind of seems like Florida's maybe lost some ground there. But I, I mean, overall, I just don't see this guy going to Oregon. It's also interesting that when it seemed like Florida was slipping a little bit with the, in the recruitment of, of Ante Williams, they tossed out that offer to Ladarius Tennyson. Two players that are very similar, just their playing styles are, are very similar. So I also sometimes wonder if maybe Florida realizes that they're kind of, you know, in back of the pack there with Avante and, and now we're going to take a shot at, at Tennyson. You're right, though. It seems like Florida has kind of lost some momentum. Uh, with Avante Williams. This is a Swamp 24-7 podcast. We'll be right back after this break. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Blake Alderman, joined by Luke Stampini of Swamp 24-7 Sports. Luke, we've been talking about a lot of guys that Florida's been the mix for. Um, They've had a string of official visits this June. One guy who is approaching a commitment fairly soon is four-star Antoine Powell. He's an edge rusher, defensive end, buck linebacker for Florida type of guy. Uh, he's out of Virginia. Um, it seems like now it's really basically I, – I know he's visited uh, Florida. He's been to Virginia Tech. He's been to Oklahoma. Uh, he's been to North Carolina. But it really does seem like this is Florida or Virginia Tech. Luke, what do you kind of think uh, things are kind of trending towards this uh, J- uh, July 4th commitment date? Yeah, it's absolutely going to be Florida or Virginia Tech. And the buzz out there seems to indicate that both staffs at Florida and Virginia Tech feel like he's going their way. And so we just got to figure out who is not being told the truth. You know, this isn't this is kind of how recruiting goes. Sometimes Uh, these colleges are told what they want to hear all the way until the very end. An interesting note that we wrote about tonight or while we're before we wrote this uh recorded this podcast was there's another team in this recruitment that feels like florida is where the the pick's going to be and when you look at these recruitments and and you get kind of intel like that i think that sometimes is the best intel you know it's not uh blinded by you know just homerism or whatever you want to call it just a third party saying who's been in the recruitment and kind of says, I think he's going here. And, and if it's your school, I think it's a, a good sign. And so here we have Florida thinking they're getting, getting uh, Powell. We have Virginia tech thinking they're going to get uh, Powell. And then there's this other school uh, who was in the recruitment of Powell thinks that he's going to Florida. So, you know, here we are a uh, couple weeks away from his commitment. I, I think you feel pretty good about Florida, even though they only got him on campus one time. Uh, they did have him on campus the final time before he makes his decision. So, you know, I, I think the Gators are in a good shot, uh, good spot right now. You know, one thing we have uncovered as far as this recruiting goes is that we've been told that, 
you could get him on campus and he's just the kind of guy that's going to make you feel like you're in it, that, that he's, I don't want to say telling you the right things, but you're just going to feel like, man, this guy is coming. He's had a great time, um, you know, shock and awe. And, and I think that's something that you have to be cautious about with Florida, with it being his first visit. You know, did this just really kind of turn his world upside down? But I think, like you said, when you get that third-party information and you have a person who's closer to this recruitment that says, like, you know, man, I, I think this is trending Florida, I, I think in the end it comes down to do I go where I'm familiar with and in-state Virginia Tech or do I go somewhere where that produces defensive linemen, SEC ball? So I think that's kind of the decision where he's at now. I, I think you have to like in a guy that – where maybe you're a little persuaded by what you see, you have to like having that last visit. But again, you know, you just have to kind of see where things are at now because two teams have obviously been told to feel good, and you know somebody's being lied to. So you have to find out kind of, you know, who, who's going to be burned at the last minute there. And I think it could go up to the last minute. You know, you, I mean, how how could you know? You know. <laughs> yeah. I, question for you: Do you think you'll put in a prediction on the 24/7 crystal ball uh, uh, for Antoine Powell? Man, I don't think I can. Just you, you just don't want to get burned there. You know, I think whenever you've been kind of told one thing or the other, you know, maybe if things kind of trend out, maybe we kind of pull a rabbit out of a hat and we find out maybe where things are trending. Maybe another school comes and says like, man, you know, I think it's Florida or, you know, something like that. You know, I think that's something to watch. But for now, man, I, I don't know that I can touch that one. Yeah, I'm waiting for Virginia Tech, the side of things, to kind of back off and not be so confident. Or, or somebody did not be so confident before I throw in a prediction. But when you have these two sides that are so confident that they're getting him, it's just really hard to throw in a pick, you know, and, and be confident because someone's going to be blatantly wrong here. Both feel like they're getting him. Uh, and that, that's tough to make those predictions on those type of recruitments. Yeah, you know, could, could he come to Florida? Absolutely. You know, obviously there's buzz there. Could he not come to Florida? Absolutely. Do I want to get my pick wrong and get trolled all day? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, another recruitment, uh, this Leonard Manuel currently committed to Florida. Another prospect that visited Miami this weekend for two days, was down there multiple day uh, trip, plans to visit. Penn State, plans to visit Ole Miss. He's had, let's see, three commitments now. Originally committed to Tennessee, then flipped to Miami, currently committed to Florida. Blake, he, this is one of Florida's top-rated prospects in the 2020 class. What's going on here? Should Florida fans be worried with all these visits, or, or what's the deal, you think? You know, I think you have to be worried. You know, when you have a guy who has so many different commitments, he's obviously been swayed. You know, I think when you really kind of look at it, it's the fact that he has said a lot of good things about Miami. They're an in-state school that would love to stick it to Florida. They would take him just to stick it to Florida. You know, we've taken one of your top guys. They would do that just for that simple fact alone. And I think that the fact that he has been committed there, he has a former teammate, Nicozy Perry, who's on the staff, uh, excuse me, as the quarterback on the roster there, and they have a relationship there. I think you have to worry about the fact that he hasn't found it hard to get to Miami. He has another teammate who's on the 2020 class at his high school who's committed to Miami, who I believe he rode down there with to take the visit. So I, visits, you have to worry about there. But I think that there have been a lot of buzz, too, about you know, maybe him needed to kind of get some work done in the classroom too. So I think even if you're Florida, you have to worry in general because there is buzz that he needs to take care of some things and get qualified on top of 
taking a bunch of visits too. So I think you really do have to worry there because not only could he not end up enrolling at Florida if he does stick, yeah, that could happen. Or could he flip somewhere else and you still have the perception of losing one of your top guys. So I think overall there needs to be some concern there. You know, I think I'm getting starting to kind of maybe put him on red alert there, which I think it's not a surprise whenever you guy have a guy who has committed three times. I mean, I think that this was kind of expected whenever he did commit to Florida, but you know, I think where things are going now where he's very open to taking visits, I think you do have to be concerned. He's obviously easily swayed this weekend or this coming week, Blake's, to me, it's going to be one of the best times uh, of the kind of recruiting calendar. Uh, when you look, step back and kind of look at the whole thing, it's the opening finals out in Texas in conjunction with that will be the elite 11 finals. And what this event is, is they draw it's 130 or so of the nation's top football prospects, bring them all in for several days of competing against one another and you kind of get a first look at all of the top prospects from coast to coast and kind of be able to compare them and and see how they match up with one another and it it comes perfectly at this kind of dead period that we're going to enter where there's no recruiting visits going on coaching staffs kind of go on vacation right now and, and recruiting takes a little bit of a back seat and so this helps kind of pass that time until we get to SEC media days, uh, fall camp, Friday night lights, and the season. So this is a nice little perk, I guess, in the middle of the summer. Florida's very well represented there. Quarterback Anthony Richardson out of Gainesville Eastside High School will take part in the Elite 11 finals. There's going to be 20 total quarterbacks from across the country. Anthony's going to have an opportunity to go out and show you know, that he he belongs amongst uh, some of the best quarterbacks there are. And, you know, we'll see how Anthony measures up. How important do you think this week is for a prospect like Anthony Richardson that still has some concerns about his passing ability? No one has concerns about his overall athleticism and, and his running ability and whatnot. It's his passing ability that there are some concerns and, and part the, the part of his game that needs to improve the most. You know, I think that's kind of the last concern you have for him. You know, like you said, this is a dude who's, you know, 6'4", 224. You know, he's obviously built very well. Um, He can run. He's very athletic. But the thing he has really worked hard on in last year is kind of fine-tuning his passing skills. He has a private quarterback coach that he's really worked with him on. You know, I would say the, the the couple times that I've seen Anthony in action this year, he's night and day better than he was last year. So, you know, there has been a lot of improvements made, but... The big thing that just kind of continues to be his Achilles, you know, heel right there is that, you know, he is can t- can be wildly inconsistent. And I think that this is his chance to show some consistency there, um, you know, kind of finishing an entire game. You know, I, the the thing that really stuck out to me the last time I got to see him was earlier this month for Florida Seven on Seven camp. He was there with his high school teammates, which I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that his high school teammates drop more than half of the passes that are thrown to him, to them. Um, but, you know, he has shown where he starts games off great. Um, he can kind of try to fit things in a window, and he you can throw some interceptions. And it seems like if things start to go wrong, the floor falls out. You know, then things kind of fall apart. So I would say kind of staying consistent and not falling apart if things do go wrong. You know, I mean, if things go wrong, it, it can happen, but just don't completely – lose control of everything. So I would say for him, it's a chance to kind of show 
what he's worked on over the last year and maybe show that maybe this inconsistency he is something he can get past because the two times we have seen him, he was really great at the um, Nike camp earlier this year where he got the invite to the Little 11, but he has been inconsistent. He can let some things sail. So I think it's – I'm interested to see the reports for him because he's really a lead athlete. He's quick. He's big. But the, the passing thing is just the thing he needs to work on the most. Yeah, it'll be interesting because – it is kind of you're under a microscope out there. There's a lot of media there. It's going to be at the Star in Frisco, Texas, which is where the Dallas Cowboys have their practice facility at. And, you know, you're there with a bunch of just alphas, you know, these big quarterbacks that have a ton of confidence and that are making big time throws. And guys fall apart in these type of situations, you know. I know it's just quarterback drills. You know, it's not 11 on 11 action. You don't have a defensive line coming at you. But just kind of the the magnitude of it all. Elite 11's kind of got some prestige to it. There'll be some college quarterbacks, some NFL quarterbacks there, kind of looking. And, and so you mentioned if he has a, a a little bit of a rough run, it kind of falls apart for him. That that's what I'll be watching probably most more than just the overall consistency. When he has a bad throw, can he come back and, and fire in you know a great throw, or does he let that bad throw affect his next throws moving forward? It'll be a great opportunity for him, a great experience for him, and you know he doesn't have that crutch of being able to run like he does in a game, so he's gonna have to gonna have to throw and he's gonna have to do it at a, at a high level and you know see if he could potentially move up the rankings i think there's definitely potential for him to move up the rankings step one is he has to have a good showing at the elite 11 yeah i think this is more so for him the time where you really make your your impact for that ranking because like i said you know during the season man those receivers that he has at his high school that i saw in the seven on seven they're like they're gonna have some drops that's gonna roll into the season so if you're gonna make your mark now i, I don't know that his teammates are gonna bail him out whenever they drop the ball in the season but i think that if he's gonna make a rise it has to be with this this uh nike opening showing one of the fan things that florida fans uh recruiting fans have complained about recently is the lack of five stars one of the prospects that florida has committed is heading to the opening finals that week as well is Gervin Dexter, defensive tackle out of Lake Wales, Florida, currently ranked 42 in the nation, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, definitely within striking distance of five-star, uh, the five-star range. Now, Gervin Dexter has five-star tools. He's new to the game of football. He has the potential to be a five-star. He's just got to kind of bring it all together and be more consistent a little bit. And... This will be a great opportunity. He's going to go against a bunch of the nation's top offensive linemen to kind of move up that rankings and eventually become a five-star. Do you think by the end of the cycle he will be a five-star and Florida will kind of end that drought of, of five-stars? You know, I, I just – I'm not sure. You know, he dominates these shorts and shirts camps. He's – like you said, I mean, he's he's everything that – what you want in a top prospect. He's got big frame. He's athletic. But he's he's been a basketball guy by trade. You know, he's new to the game of football. And while he's very athletic and I think that he's going to have a great career and, and he's really got his probably his better years ahead of him. I'm just not I'm not sold right now with him being a five star guy. If he comes out, and he just absolutely dominates every guy in the offensive line that, you know, these I mean, like you said, these are the best of the best, you know. 
I think there's something to revisit there. And obviously, if he comes out and just dominates, then you know, sure, he's going to get that buzz to be put into that you know five star ranking. But he just it from what I've seen on the field, he hasn't put together any kind of five star game on the field for his high school. And you know, is he going to come out and is he going to have an, an acceptable year? Is he going to come out and dominate the Nike opening and then obviously uh, later on for an All Star game? You know, that, that's a lot of things to be said. Not is a lot to be said with his ranking, but for right now, I, I just don't know that he's a he screams five star guy to me right now. He has tons of five star potential, but as far as like total game, he's just I'm not there yet. You want to see it, you know, you to make someone five stars, you want to see it right now, and you want to be very confident. And right now, it's all projection with Gervin, and it, you know he's a developmental player still, even though he is ranked in the top fifty. And I I have I don't see any way he falls out of the top one hundred. He's yeah. still an elite prospect, but, you know, like you said, you know, he's still got a little bit of ways to go just to kind of get it all together and be more of a sure thing. If you make someone five stars, you want to be pretty sure that this is, you know, this is going to work out and, and this guy, uh, you know, will be a high round draft pick, a first round draft pick is kind of the the measuring stick there. Uh, you know, I think it'll be good. Regardless, Florida's getting a good player, whether he's sure, yeah. 42nd in the country or he's 30th in the country. Florida's getting a great player at a is a huge position of need. And but you know, this is another test for him, new to football, and and see how he handles this test uh, this uh, next week. I think more than anything, we'll know five star or not maybe three, four games into his senior season. You know, whenever you kind of have that mid season highlight. From what he puts together, I, I think for me, five-star ranking, I think that's what I'm waiting to see is kind of how he fares halfway into the into his senior season. And he's in the All-American game, so he'll get a week of practice in full pads. We'll see scrimmages. He'll get on the field, 11-11, actual game action versus other top prospects. And so if he doesn't get it this next week at the opening finals, it's not all for naught because you're going to have the senior season. Like you said, we're going to get to see – you know, how his senior film looks. But again, in January, he's going to have that All-American game where we're going to get to see five practices leading into a game where they do scrimmages every day. So I, I think in the end, there's a, a ton of potential. If I had to put money on it, I would say by signing day, he's a five-star on the composite. But, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, another prospect heading out to Texas for the opening finals is Jaheim Bell, H-back, tight end, wide receiver, athlete, move him all over the place. He's currently a four-star recruit at 24-7 Sports, but the industry-generated uh, 24-7 composite still has Jaheim Bell as a three-star. He's kind of on that cusp. And I think as these rankings come out and adjust, he kind of goes from four-star to three-star, four-star to three-star. He has the potential to go out and, and earn a four-star from what you saw of Jaheim Bell, you saw him at the 7-on-7 seven seven at Florida had a couple weeks ago. What do you like about his game and, and what he's able to bring to Florida's uh, offense? I think the thing that really stuck out to me the most was, A, the versatility, because you can move him in line, you can move him in the slot, you can move him out wide. That was impressive because he finds a way to always find a way to get open. But he's really smooth in his routes, and I think that's one thing that is going to help him a lot whenever you have that H-back uh, kind of matchup for Florida is that you're going to be a matchup guy. You're going to need to be, kind of shake a, a, a you know shake your way open. And I think that's more the thing that really stuck out to me is he's very smooth. He finds a way to get open. He, he's got very good hands. So I think that he is going to be one like, like you mentioned, Rashad Torrance, one that could 
possibly climb up the rankings. I think Jaheim Bell is a guy that could still continue to rise up the rankings now. It just seems like every camp he goes to, he's a standout. Um, you know, he's just a guy that is, you know, hashtag good at football. <laughs> yeah. And you saw him at the, uh, seven on seven there at Florida versus other high school teams, not to knock the, the competition, but he's going to go up against significantly better defensive backs and linebackers this coming week. And so a strong showing where he goes and he matches up against other high end power five prospects, power five recruits and has a good showing, I think there's no doubt he has to go up the rankings. And he, like I said, he's on that cusp right now of being a 3-4. And, you know, he doesn't need that much of a bump to go up on the, the composite to be a four-star. Like I said, 24-7 Sports already has him as a four-star themselves, but a low four-star. So he has the potential, and I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see a lot of these different prospects, uh, especially – Anthony Richardson, like we mentioned, and Gervin Dexter. Um, the other pro Florida commits that are heading out there is Leonard Manuel and Derek Wingo. And I think that's it, right? I think that's kind of those five are, are the ones that for Florida that will be represented out there. And, and that's another little bit of a change. I feel like the McIlwain years, this event was very One light. guy a year, man. One <laughs> very, guy a year. Very light on Florida commits. Uh, and, and so – it's always good to see more and more Florida commits in this event because it is the best of the best across the country. Yeah, that's the thing. You want to have those high. I remember the the one year that I covered the opening was 2013 class. Florida had like Kelvin Taylor, Marcel Harris, uh, Nick Washington, uh, Keanu Neal. They had so many guys there. And I believe that's the last time that Florida really had a significant a number. Maybe the 2014 class when they had like Duke Dawson, Will Greer, and, you know, guys like that there. But they haven't really had a, a really high number of guys since I, I believe that 13 class. So, that you know, that's a nice significant change. Um, a lot of recruiting goes on at these events, and you want to have some of your guys there. They're going to be in the ear of others. Uh, Dexter, Wingo, I think, will be one of those guys. Manuel ha has been very vocal despite taking his visit. So, you know, Florida's going to have some guys that are going to be in the ear of other recruits there, too. So that's obviously a positive there. But, you know, you want your guys there with the best of the best. You want to be, uh, you know, accounted with the best of the best. And, you know, obviously a good showing will, will boost some of these guys' rankings up. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be a fun week. That'll be it for the Swamp 24-7 podcast. Subscribe to our podcast. Give us five stars, and we'll be back later for more Florida Gators news.